Hey, Camp Kids. Welcome back to the Camp Kids Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Bob, and I'm on a mission to bring together a community of camp people from around the world. Whether you are currently in your camp career or it's been a while since you've been at camp, when you're with us, you're at home. Today, Kira comes to us from Washington State from Wilderness Awareness School. Kira talks about how her experience through Girl Scouts fostered a love for nature and the outdoors and then she decided to pursue the Immersion, a nine-month-long training program. Though it took her a bit longer than expected to finish due to COVID restrictions, she finished her program and has now continued to work there year-round and full-time during the summer. Just a heads up, our episode today does have some curse words, which I purposefully did not edit out as they add so much to the stories that Kira shares. So without further ado, let's meet Kira. Thank you so much for being on the Camp Kids podcast and welcome to the Camp Kids podcast. Can you tell us who you are and where you're speaking to us from today? Yeah, thank you for having me. So my name is Kira Davis. I use she, her pronouns, and I am originally from Iowa. I lived there for 18 years, was born there, and now I am calling in from Bellingham, Washington, which is right in the northwest corner of Washington State, basically walking distance to Canada. Oh my goodness, that's fantastic. What caused you to make that move out to the West Coast? Well, it is very related to my camp story. I moved out to Washington State right after I graduated from high school to do a year-long adult program at a wilderness survival school out here, wilderness awareness school. And I ended up hanging around there for a few years during the pandemic. And after being a student and graduating from the adult program, I now work for them. I work summer camps. I work year-round monthly programs for them. Wow, that's incredible. And I will definitely attach the link to your guys' website in the show notes. I just briefly looked over it. I had never heard of Wilderness Awareness School until... I had been in communication with you. I just briefly looked at it. I'm like, oh my gosh, you offer something for everybody. Can you just talk a little bit about Wilderness Awareness School and what it kind of offers? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, so the buzzword we use at Wilderness Awareness School is we're not a survival school because, you know, that kind of conjures up images of people in doomsday bunkers. Our like word is nature connection. And I consider myself a nature mentor. So it's really like, it's all about, survival skills and naturalist skills through the lens of reconnecting to nature and reconnecting to community and really just like grounding in these like ancient earth-centered skills. Thank you so much. I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. Well, let's go back a little bit um, into how you first started into your camp experience. Can you tell us a little bit about your camp background and experience as a camper? And like, if you went to camp and for how long and with what organization? So I was a Girl Scout basically the entire time I was in school. I was a brownie and all the way up until I graduated high school, I was an ambassador at that age. So I didn't spend a lot of time like actual at Girl Scout residential camp. The Girl Scout crew that I was part of in central Iowa kind of like to consider ourselves a little bit of loose cannons. Like my leader at the time felt that the Girl Scout Council and like Girl Scouts as an organization wasn't really doing as much as they could for young women in the outdoors and not like offering the programs that we wanted to see. So we just basically spent a lot of time going camping on our own. Like there were a lot of summer trips up to Boundary Waters in northern Minnesota. There were backpacking trips. That experience really like 
I learned from our Girl Scout leader about how empowering it is to get young people, especially women, into the outdoors. And that just really fostered my love of being in wilderness. Think of traditional Girl Scouts, you think, oh, it's girls that are selling cookies and making crafts. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Girl Scouts can be like going on adventures, going on canoe treks, like going on hikes. It can't, it can be backpacking and lots of overnights. And I'm so glad that you shared that so that our listeners can see, yeah, that is a different side. I've noticed like coming into like working in the outdoor field, there are so many men who came up through Boy Scouts and they're like, oh yeah, and that's why I'm in the outdoors field. And that's like, we talk about all these incredible experiences. And then I say, oh, well, I was a Girl Scout. And but all the women in the room are like, oh, I went to like a couple of meetings, but we were just like making crafts inside. So like I kind of quit and I wanted to do what my brother did. And I'm having affinity spaces for women in the outdoors of young people. Is, yeah, it's really important. This is more for my curiosity. You said you, you know, went up through the organization. Did you ever complete like your gold award or do anything like that through the organization? I, yes. I don't think I ever completed a gold award. I completed bronze and silver. And I think at that point in my high school career, I was just not prepared <laughs> to undertake a gold award project. But yeah, I did the bronze and silver. That's exactly my route too. I, my troop fell through when I was like in eighth grade. So I did yeah. my bronze and I did my silver, but I didn't have the mentorship to like get to gold. But still that organization has still given me so much. I still consider myself an alum and everything. So absolutely. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about your experience with being a camp staff person. I know you're at Wilderness um, Awareness School right now, but tell us a little bit about getting into that or maybe any jobs you've had before that. Yeah, this is this is really the first summer camp I've worked at. I okay. um, So this will be my third summer, this coming summer, working for Wilderness Awareness School, accessible and have a reach a broader range of campers. We also do overnight programs on Wilderness Awareness School's campus. They have you know, a plot of land in Western Washington where we run overnight programs. I've directed day camps. I've worked overnight camps. I love it. I love it all. So then do you live like on site or do you live in the surrounding area? Like what does that kind of look like as well? Yeah. So Wilderness Awareness School has really limited on-campus sort of housing. They're not super set up for that at this point. They would like to be. So where I live is where I lived when I was a student there is like a five minute walk down the road. There's a retreat center that has yurts that they rent out year long. So I lived in a yurt for over a year when I was a student and I just migrate south in the summer and I go back and live in a yurt. Oh my gosh, that sounds incredible. (laughs) I love that. Yeah, it really, it feels like coming home. It's a wonderful, beautiful place. Did you always know that you wanted to kind of pursue camp as a career? No, I would say no. I think I knew from a pretty young age that I wanted to do something in the outdoors, maybe something in conservation. But working with kids is something I discovered more as like a late teenager. I did, like if you told me when I was like 13, 14, that I was going to work with kids and really love it, I would have thought you were crazy. I did not see myself as that sort of like patient person who could, and like fun person who could work at camp. But yeah, that's really something I've grown into as that's a right. way to show my love for the outdoors. Well, you had mentioned in the information that you gave me previously that you had a camp name. Could you tell us what your camp name is oh, yeah. and the story behind it? Yeah. So usually at the start of a week, we do nature names with the kids. We usually will like write down a bunch of names of like 
local flora and fauna and they'd like draw a species out of the hat to kind of foster their curiosity and make them want to learn more about something in nature so whenever I'm asked about my nature name I always tell kids my nature name is bear because when I was a kid and still to this day my dad called me little bear and my sister is little bunny I think this is because of how what an aggressive hugger I was as a child there have been descriptions of my dad getting home from work and just you know however many pounds of small child immediately launching at him <laughs> um, yeah so so that is my camp name I was a little bear I, I go by bear with the kids just to kind of honor my dad and honor the bear energy that I like to carry through my life that's so cute and I love how it has a familial tie to it as well I am very curious tell me a little bit more about this nature name because I know in like the summer camp world you think of like a camp name but it seems like there's a little bit more in depth when it comes to a nature name yeah I think like it's really just to give the kids another spark of curiosity to tell them, okay, your name for the week is Beaver. And then just the hope is that the kids will take a little bit of initiative in wanting to learn more about whatever name they've been given for the week. And we do it randomly. And I often think that there's like some fun little synchronicities and how it tends to shake out and the kids that get what name and like the energy that that encourages them to bring to their camp. It's just a fun little camp tradition that we have. <laughs> And everybody gets a nature name. Everybody gets a nature name. But usually, like, all the staff, we kind of choose our nature names. Wow. We don't draw one out of a hat. Or actually, we don't draw it out of a hat. There's this raven puppet that we use. (gasps) So you, like, reach into the raven cloaca, and the sacred cloaca gives you one name. Oh, my gosh. I love that so much. I So I teach elementary music. That's what I normally do. I have this huge window seal that almost takes up the entire length of a wall in my classroom. Now, I say that the wall's not very large, but still, it almost takes up the entire length of the wall, and it is full of puppets, because I believe puppets can teach so much to young learners, so I love that you guys even use that in the outdoor setting. Yes, the raven puppet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's wonderful. Well, you had mentioned previously in the interview that you had been at Wilderness Awareness School during the shutdown and during COVID. I'm very interested to know about what that looked like at that time and how did you guys navigate through? Yeah, yeah, my being at Wilderness Awareness School during the pandemic feels like a really big moment in my life because so I was an adult student at the time three years ago, like almost exactly three years ago when everything shut down and the adult program we were told was canceled for the rest of the year like we weren't going to be able to finish we weren't going to be able to go through our end of year rite of passage and I was like adult programs are over year-round programs are over we're not sure summer camp is going to happen you know all the uncertainty that we were experiencing at that time which is really really devastating and really hard and really sad so what ended up happening was we ended up being invited to come back to finish, to redo the program and finish it in the fall of 2021. After going back and living at my parents' house in Iowa for a few months and being sad, moved back to Washington, did my year, finished my year as a student, graduated, and then that summer went back to work, summer camp. That was summer of 2021, and it was all day camps. We weren't allowed to run overnights with the COVID restrictions that were still in place in Washington. It was just too complicated. So we ran a bunch of day camps and for a few weeks there, we were wearing masks, which was really challenging in the heat and the outdoors, a bunch of young kids. But 
yeah, I mean, we made it work and we still were able to create really connective experiences. And now we're kind of back to where we were pre-pandemic, if that can be said, to running overnight camps, back to having our staff training in person. There was a Zoom year of staff training, which is just, oh, it's so sad. It's, mm. it's not right. <laughs> I agree. Mm. Yeah, staff training is so important, so important. And to be able to build those relationships with the people that you're essentially trusting your life with. Yeah, <laughs> when you're yeah definitely. Element, you're on an element. I don't know. Do you guys offer like elements? Do you do archery or ropes or anything like that as well? We do. I guess we don't like talk about it in the same terms, but we do have like a, we have a bow making camp and we have an archery range on the campus. So there okay. is like, we do do that. Um, yeah, we have like different skills camps. Like there's ranger skills, which is like we teach them camouflage and we like sneak around in the woods. And then there's like knife and carving skills and we like teach knife safety and they get like knife certified. Yeah, we have various different like themes that we do. Wow, that's really cool. You had mentioned that you had to kind of restart your program did you have to restart from day one and go through it all again yeah I mean it was it was very like uncertain when it first happened they're like yeah you might be able to finish that and come back at some point we're not sure what it'll look like like it was really weird it was not something school had ever done before and like this I don't know this adult program is kind of school this morning school's baby and it's like where they get like a lot of their staff or grads in this program so it was really hard for them to have to say yeah we don't know that you're ever going to be able to finish this but what they ended up doing was giving us an option to potentially repeat the full year and do like the two thirds of the program that we had already done. And, you know, then get to finish the last third and do our, like, we do a survival trip at the end of the year. And it's a whole like rite of passage to mark your graduation. Um, and so, yeah, people also in the spring got the option to just come back for that last like spring term that we hadn't been able to finish. So, Myself and two or three other classmates decided to repeat the entire year. I was like, I'm just going to redo it. Like, I'm just going to, I want to be jumping back in with a new group of people. I want to get the experience of being there for a full year and really like investing in the community building that they do during that year. So, and then I had a few, we had a few more classmates who joined us just for the spring and just for that like prep and going out for our survival trip. Sounds like it's a very cumulative program. So yeah, definitely. very hard to just kind of stop and start. Like you really have to just kind of go through the whole thing to get the full experience. Yeah. And just really like the elements of the people you're doing it with is just so important. Who are some types of people that might be interested in this program? Oh man, we get all types of people. I don't know. I guess I like to think that especially this year long program that sort of brings in people who are just in transition states in their life. Like, you had so there was me and I had just graduated high school and then you had people who had just gotten out of the military. You had people who were coming from like all walks of life and like people from different countries. Like that first year I roomed with a woman from Norway and a woman from England and a woman who's now one of my best friends who's from Oregon. Yeah, so it's really like people from all over come to this program like international and incredible amount of like variation in like the characters that you will encounter at this school. I had somebody tell me once that meeting my friends feels kind of like hanging out with the X-Men. Like they're all these like weird people and they all have like some kind of like weird skill. <laughs> so really it's a program that for people who 
want to really deepen their knowledge and outdoor skills and teaching nature. And like, they want to pursue something like this as like a year round position more than just as a seasonal position. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. A lot of people who have worked in, you know, science fields and stuff like that. And also just people who are nature lovers and want to reconnect with that part of their life, that sort of like childhood wonder you get from connecting with the outdoors yeah a lot of people just looking for personal growth and for a rite of passage experience do you guys often work with other outside organizations too like you mentioned you had a ranger program and like the first thought that i have is like philmont scout ranch they have like a bunch of rangers or is it specifically kind of just tailored towards wilderness awareness school yeah we don't really do a lot of overlap so i think that's something that would be like a cool direction for us to grow in but we don't currently do a lot of partnerships with other organizations. I feel like we're sort of like in our own little world right now. And I think it would be cool to see how we can make connections with other organizations. Like I am working a camp week this summer for a different organization who has a partnership with one of the public schools up here. And mm-hmm. so I think like partnerships like that would be really cool. But no, we don't really right now like work with the scouts or anything. That would probably solve, I wouldn't say an issue that you had with Girl Scouts, but it would break the stigmatism quite a bit if we could get more Girl Scouts leaders and volunteers involved with something like that to really open up their eyes to more than just crafts and selling yeah. cookies yeah. and really giving these girls experiences like you had. I mean, imagine what it would be like if the Girl Scouts had a lot more high adventure stuff and a lot yeah. more nature awareness. That would be really cool. So maybe you can start yeah. that. Maybe you can yeah, <laughs> start that partnership. With the Girl Scouts. That'd be super cool. Yeah. Well, my next question is kind of a heavy one. What keeps you coming back or what keeps you staying at Wilderness Awareness School to go and do year-long camp and nature adventures? I feel like I'm sort of going to be orbiting the school in some way, popping in and out for the rest of my life, just because I have never found community like I have at this school. Like, it really is an intact and vibrant community of people who really care about the outdoors and care about living aligned with their values and care about mentoring kids yeah really the aspect of like getting to work with youth has been really transformative for me I'm a person who's like usually having a crisis like I've dealt with a lot of like depression and anxiety in my life and I have a lot of like climate depression and like grief about what's going on in the world and I think a lot about my work with kids in terms of activism and in terms of of a form of resistance. And that feels really powerful to me. Like I feel like doing this work makes me just lessens the despair of looking at the state of the world. And yeah, getting to teach kids to love each other and love the earth feels like the legacy I wanna leave at this moment in time. I applaud you for being so vulnerable thank you for sharing that with yeah. us on the podcast because it really does sound like this facility has helped you with all of those struggles that you've gone through and really you've turned them around into strengths because now you're mm-hmm. teaching kids how to be more resilient as well and that's exactly what we need so thank you for doing what you do I love mm-hmm. that I appreciate you saying that <laughs> well this is a more lighter one I try and do heavy light heavy light <laughs> who were some people from your experience that have inspired you to pursue the career that you have and what did they do to do that? 
I'll, the first person that comes to mind is my Girl Scout leader, Melissa Murray. Shout out to Melissa. She's a total badass. Like, I don't know what else to say about her. She is, she's a force of energy. She is always organizing something, always like planning an adventure, always some way of getting involved with the community and like helping others, making a change. Like, she just feels like this fireball force for good that I had on my side growing up. And like, she was kind of like my second mom. She and my mom are really good friends um, to this day. She was always somebody I knew was in my corner. And I knew that she would stick up for me. I knew that if I had a goal, she was going to help me reach it. And I feel like really inspired that, like, oh, yeah, I want to be that person for other kids in my life. I want them to be able to say, hey, like, you're not a blood relative, but I know I can come to you with just about anything. And you're gonna be on my side, and you're gonna fight for me. Oh, I love that so much. Oh, yeah. is she shout still... out to Melissa. I love her so much. Is she still a volunteer? Is she still doing that kind of thing? Well, she's not really in Girl Scouts anymore because most of us have graduated. But I don't think she's working much with the Girl Scout Council anymore. What is the most important lesson you've learned from camp? These kids are like looking up to me, and like that feels like a little uncomfortable sometimes to know that the kids I work with are you know watching me observing me learning from what I do like I am being a role model to them it feels important for me to like demonstrate a way of being for these kids that I want to help bring into the world and seeing myself as someone that youth look up to is like really shifted my perspective about myself thinking about my journey from like being a camper and like all the people I looked up to and now seeing myself kind of in that role where I am an instructor and the kids are looking to me and like I am the one holding knowledge. Like it's really shifted my perspective on myself and kind of shown me how far I've come and what of my goals I have accomplished that I had when I was a kid. And yeah, it makes me want to be better. What is your funniest camp story? Okay, do you want a bear story or do you want an archery story? Ooh, <laughs> I mean, do we have time for both? That would be have time for both so I live in this year that's just down the hill from the school and pretty much when I showed up for the summer people were like yeah there's a bear like there's a black bear hanging around we don't want to encourage him he's like a little too comfortable we keep seeing him around so like the trash is going to be like we're doing special something special with the trash just like be careful and so yeah like not that much time later like I start seeing this bear hanging around he's in the parking lot he's like yeah, weirdly kind of okay with people. Like, I don't feel threatened by him. Like, I would see him in the driveway and I would honk my horn at this bear and he would, like, stand up and run off and look scared. So I wasn't super worried about it. But we had, like, a new group of kids cycling through every week at camp where there's this black bear that's a little too chill hanging out. And, like, if it had just been year-round kids who, like, do the school year programs, I would probably have been like, yeah, they'll learn about bear safety, like, their parents know what to do. Like, we're just, this is going to be a learning moment, but it was a little more nerve wracking um, with a bunch of kids who are not familiar with bear safety coming in and out. And so I went off to work overnight at the, at the camp. And like first day I show up, they give me my radio and my, my can of bear spray. It felt like they were like handing me my badge and my gun. They were like, here, great, here's your, here's your bear spray. It's going to go in your little backpack holster and you're going to carry it around all week. And here's an air horn. And we were just like having to be like a little extra careful with the kids. We were like, okay, has anybody like seen the bear recently? 
have we like seen the bear tracks? Like it felt like we had this other element that was also at camp with us hanging out. Oh my God. One of my coworkers also lives at the retreat center with me, my neighbor in another year. And he, he drank bone broth every morning and he had like this bone broth that he brought with him and he would heat it up in his little camp stove every morning. And like, usually we would be like having our meeting over breakfast and he would have put his stove on the lodge porch to heat up his bone broth. And this was also the porch where our boss was sleeping at night. The camp director was sleeping on the, the porch every night. And without fail, about halfway through our meeting, this guy would stand up and say in his little British accent, oh fuck, my bone broth. And he would have to run out to the porch and his bone broth would have spilled over and like overflowed on the porch. And we kept telling him, oh my God, like, He's, Jason's going to get eaten by the bear because you keep spilling bone broth on the porch where he's sleeping. You're going to lure the bear in. And then like a couple of days later, I was in the car with him and he said to me, yeah, I know they really like keep saying to us, you know, don't feed the bear. Like people are getting mad because they think we're feeding the bear. I like dumped my bones from my bone broth in the woods the other day like for the bear to eat. Now I'm worried I might have lured the bear. <laughs> I was like, are you? kidding me like a couple weeks later i was like leading a big group of the kids down to the pond and there was just like the freshest bear food i have seen in the on the trail it was just like you could tell this bear was like not having a good time in his tummy there was nothing in this poop it was very like sad poop um (laughs) so i was but then i was it was very fresh and i was just like convinced that we were going to get down to the pond and there was going to be a black bear just there and I was like freaking out and so I like had my coworkers stay back and I was like running up ahead to like look and see if the bear was there and try and find tracks and no bear so we continued down and then it turned out the same day what the bear had been doing and why its poops were so unhappy is it had been like getting into our trash cans at the end of the road and dragging the trash bags into the woods so it had like a little dragon horn where it would sit and eat its trash. This bear is like, this is a problem. So I decided I was going to go to the end of the road where the trash board was. And I was like, I'm going to clean up this bear's trash. I'm going to take away its food. It's got to go somewhere else. So I like went, I took my little bear spray and my little air horn and I like went into the woods and followed the trails of trash and like was picking up, you know, the empty Cheeto wrappers that the bear has decided is dinner. Um, this poor, poor bear that is just like eating our gross banana peels and I'm like, why did my parents name me after a creature that so gleefully eats trash? (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I cleaned up the bear's mess, continued to see him a little bit for the rest of the summer. But yeah, there were no major incidents and I have not heard from that bear in a while. So hopefully he went somewhere else and is finding better food. And yeah, we did not have any campers get mauled by a bear, which is just a big win for us. Oh my goodness. (laughs) oh my gosh yeah I'm glad he's not bothering you anymore but yeah I'm gonna be interested when I go back this summer to see what's what's going on with bears well do we have time for the archery story as well too oh sure I think the archery story is true this is same co-worker with the bone broth his name's Reese hi Reese (laughs) um so we were working this overnight week together and we have this like padded arrow set that we used to like games with the kids where you're like don't get hit by the arrow you know whatever and so we've been like playing with that all week and I finally like like the last day of camp and I was like you know what Reese I really want to shoot a can of LaCroix off your head can I shoot a can of LaCroix off your head with the padded arrow and he was like 
and then he decided that we were going to make this like spectacle because the kids were like it was like cleanup day and they were like having to do their chores and put away their camp and he was like okay so we're gonna like take a break and we'll have like a little show and you're gonna shoot the can off my head and so I did that and then all the kids start chanting, shoot him in the nuts, shoot him in the nuts, oh my shoot God. him in the nuts. I've got this like gaggle of like 13 year old boys and girls all chanting at me. And I was like, okay, are you like, okay with this? And he's like, yeah, yeah, shoot me in the nuts. And so um, I did and all the kids cheered. And it was a big <laughs> day for me. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. I think he definitely like gave me a bigger reaction than it merited just like for my pride and my reputation. Oh, good. I appreciate that. That's good. That's, that's a real man right there. that can take one for the team. <laughs> <laughs> when I think about my camp experience, never did I think that I would blank. I think when I think about my camp experience, never did I think that I would honestly enjoy it this much. Like I said, I never really saw myself working with kids when I was younger. And like, I didn't really see myself as like a really like fun, energetic person who could like tell stories in front of a big group of kids or like lead songs and like lead games. Like I didn't see myself as that kind of like a fun person. And I feel like it's just recently sort of clicked to me that like, oh, I can do this. Like I have a fun side. I'm like actually super comfortable being goofy in front of a big group of kids and like letting myself be a little bit of a performer. Like I actually have that in me. And that's something that I don't think would have been brought out of me if not for going to camp. Well, you mentioned songs and I'm a music teacher. So I would love for you to share about what kind of songs you guys sing. Are they like traditional camp songs or do you guys have your own songs that you sing? Yeah. Wasp has like a big library of songs, but mostly just come from people in the community who like are talented and musical and come up with beautiful songs I think most of our songs are not super traditional I I don't think I think a lot of them are not like exclusive to us or I think they're probably from various places around the country but I could sing a camp song I can't like reference a song I don't think because I don't think we would know the same ones like we don't really do the same ones we do at Girl Scout camp I typically ask this one we usually sing at the end of the week to kind of like get the kids to reflect on like the time that they've spent on the land and how they might feel more connected to it and it's one of my favorite songs and it goes like this and on this land I call my home, and through these hills where I roam, I hear a voice deep in my bone. I am a stranger no more. And you do like a call and response, and it's really beautiful. Oh my gosh, that sounds so lovely. You have a lovely singing voice too, by the way. Thank you. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's that's so wonderful. I feel like I've heard it, maybe? I don't know. I feel like it's got to be a few different organizations. I learned it through WASP, but I feel like I don't know where it came from originally, unfortunately. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that with us. Wonderful job. Well, my next question is, when you're not working at camp, what do you like to do? Right now, I am a full-time college student. I am at Western Washington University here in Bellingham. I'm studying marine and coastal science. So I'm going to be a science guy. I 
play the violin sometimes. At school, I work for this university's Office of Civic Engagement, and I run like the voter registration drive in the fall, and I run the voter hub on election day, and we run student government elections and student lobbying opportunities. So I'm like, my job at school is government adjacent and I just like spending a lot of time outside like being a nerd about nature like looking for cool stuff on the ground that's my really my favorite thing wow so you're very busy is what you're saying I wear a lot of hats (laughs) if you could bring one thing from camp into your everyday life what would it be I mean honestly I just miss living life outside (laughs) like I feel like during the summer I'm just like my life is so I wake up when the sun comes up and I stay up and then I go to bed when the sun goes down like I really just love like not working in an office or in front of a computer I'm like outside all day and having interruptions for cool things that are happening in nature and yeah I just really miss like living my life being like this is my office like I just work like outside and we have meetings around a campfire. I would live like that. Just get me out of the office and into a, into a tent. I will be happy. Meetings around a campfire. I love that so much. Is there anything that you would say, or is there one thing that you could tell our listeners that they could do right now in their everyday lives to feel more connected? Absolutely. So one of the biggest practices, we call it a core, one of the core routines at Wilderness Life School is called a sit spot. And that is essentially where you just go outside, like wherever you are, it could be, also it could be a window, it could be your porch, it could be, it could be deep in the wilderness, but it really doesn't have to be. And you just go there and you sit for like 15 minutes in silence and you just observe and like chill and see what you notice. And the idea is that over time, all the the birds and the animals start to kind of get used to you and you start to see them more and you start to learn things about your surroundings that you didn't know before and you start to form more of a connection with the place. And something I've learned from this and especially like doing it in multiple different places and moving is that nature really is everywhere. And there is something I learned from every spot I've ever had, whether it was like out of an apartment window or under a cedar tree in the woods you know like I have learned something about nature from all those places and even though I feel sometimes like I'm deep in the suburbs these days I can still go outside and be like wow the jays are talking about something what are the jays up to today like they're still here and that's for me really grounding oh thank you so much I will definitely be trying that out this upcoming week. I appreciate you sharing that. If you could change one thing about your camp experience, what would it be? I don't think there are a lot of changes I would make. I don't know. I'm not big into like thinking about the past or regrets. The only thing I would change is I wish I had done like more younger. I got a lot of time in the outdoors as a kid, but I'm just wishing I had more, wishing I got to spend more summers outside I wish I had been surrounded by more people who were passionate about skills and passionate about connecting with the outside honestly I wish I had gotten to grow up as a student at Wilderness Awareness School like I think what an amazing way to be a child and I wish that I had just had more opportunities as a kid to be 
a little outdoor camp goblin. I, that's a common theme that I typically get from interviews. Is yeah. Wish I had more time. Well, the next set of questions are kind of the final round questions. The first one I typically ask is about favorite camp songs. Was the one that you sang your favorite camp song? I think so. I think that's my favorite. And remind us, what's the title of that song? I've always called it On This Land. On This Land. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. What is your favorite camp meal? Less of like the meal itself and more of the experience. So when we do our survival overnight camps, one of the things like at the end of the week, the kids will have like built a shelter in the woods and they get to like go spend the night in their shelters and they like camp out and they come back to the lodge in the base camp the next morning and they're usually like tired to sleep well maybe kind of cold maybe it rained on them and they're like a little droopy dog and they've been eating like cereal or oatmeal or whatever for breakfast every week or every day that week and they're like great expecting breakfast normal breakfast and but like boom surprise we've made them bacon and eggs and it's this like whole hot breakfast buffet and just like seeing the light in their eyes when they walk up to the smell of bacon like oh. Oh, fantastic Best meal of the week. That's awesome. And what a great timing to do that too. Just a nice yeah. Oh, that's so cool. What is your favorite camp tradition? From staff training week, where we're all on the land together and camping out for a week. And one of the like the last thing we do like Friday night is we always do like a blindfold walk where you're like blindfolded and follow a string. And then when you get to the end, someone like receives you and like sits you down with your blindfold still on and then what people don't expect to happen is they'll put like like a funny hat or some kind of weird costume on you while you're blindfolded so then you take off your blindfold and everyone's wearing like silly costumes and like holding lightsabers and stuff and then we have a big dance party (laughs) fantastic oh my gosh that is so good now, do they do that every year? So is that something you're like, anticipating? You're like, oh my gosh, it's time for the blindfold walk. Yeah, and all the all the first years, they're like, what is going on? But at this point, if you've been around a few times, you're like, oh yeah, dance time. Oh, that's so good. Well, I'm wanting to keep this podcast going for a very long time and to reach out into as many organizations as I can that offer the camp experience. So. I always ask my guests, who should I interview next? I think the person I'm going to have to name drop is one of my very best friends, Selena Blick, who I met at Wilderness Awareness School. She's one of my very best friends. She, for years, was an employee at Hidden Valley Camp here in Washington. She is not in her camp career anymore, but she was a veteran at that Hidden Valley Camp. Yeah, just like a lot of really good camp stories from her. I know that was a really big, really important part of her life and something that we've bonded over. Awesome. Well, I will definitely be reaching out as soon as this episode airs. Thank you. When you're not at camp, what is something that you miss the most? Or when you're not in the middle of the summer, what is something that you find yourself missing the most? Jumping into a pond on a hot day. Oh. And like playing silly games in the water with the kids like I, I miss the summertime being warm enough to go for a swim and just being silly and muddy what is like the weather like in Washington oh, during the summer so we get like a month of summer in July and that's yeah it. the rest of the year it's about 40 degrees overcast and rainy like that's the best kept secret of the northwest is the summer is actually gorgeous and beautiful and it doesn't get 
super hot and it doesn't rain and the sun comes out. Well, where can people find you if they want to contact you or follow you? I am on Instagram. I am Kira Shea, K-I-R-A-S-H-E-A-A. And I think my handle is the same on Facebook. I'm not as active on Facebook, but you can message me there too and I will see it. I'm mostly Instagram. That's all the questions that I have prepared for you. Were there any final questions or comments or thoughts that you wanted to share on the Camp Fits podcast? Thank you so much for having me. Like, it's so fun coming out of the deep, dark Washington winter to get to talk about summer and get to think (laughs) about all the things that I'm looking forward to doing this summer. (laughs) Of course, of course. Thank you so much for being on the podcast and being a part of our Camp Kids community. I really appreciate your time. All right, Camp Kids, that was Kira. Make sure to contact them if you have any questions and check out all the links in the show notes. If you are enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Let's keep our Camp Kids community growing by spreading it to others who are also a part of the camp community. Please leave a rating or review, preferably a five-star rating so that others can find this podcast. Next week, we'll have another interview with one of my friends I've also crossed paths with at Camp Sacagawea. That's all that I got for you for now, but remember that this is good night and not goodbye.